Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a guy that is fully aware of my axe-throwing skills, and that is that I have none. He is the captain. It always helps if you wear a little flannel, my friend. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Tonight we are drinking Little Heaven Sessions IPA by Two Roads Brewing Company in Stratford, Connecticut, garage grade, four and a quarter bottle caps out of five. This is a Sessions IPA in a can made with three exotic hops with tropical fruits, specifically passion fruit, grapefruit, and apricots. Passion. And this little piece of heaven was brought to us by our good friends. First up, we have Megan and Brittany in Salt Lake City. And a big shout out to Harley in Renton, Washington. Also in Washington, our friend Nicholas at Lake Stevens. Gotta watch out for those Nicholases. And big, we like your jib to Annie in Quebec. And here we go, Captain. A cheers to Regan in Austin, Texas. And last but not least, we have our friends Russ and Janelle in the beautiful Parts Unknown. Thanks, everybody, for filling up the fridge for this week's show. Please help us out with next week's show by going to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. And a quick PSA for Parts Unknown. The shitter's full. Well, somebody needs to empty it, Captain. That's enough of the business. Everybody gather around. Grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. When an adult goes missing without a trace, often families struggle to get law enforcement to take the case of their loved one's disappearance seriously and urgently. Adults, after all, are capable of making their own decisions, leading their own lives without answering to others. 
As adults, we have the freedom to take off at a moment's notice, and the freedom to make drastic decisions, some that can lead to devastating consequences. It is the missing person's family that is left behind to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Some families have been left searching forever. We have heard so many times that mother will always leave the light on for you, but parents, brothers, and sisters sometimes pass away, never knowing what happened to their loved one. All of their questions go unanswered. Don't let this be one of those cases. William Paul Smolinski Jr. was born January 14, 1973. He went by the name of Billy. His missing flyers describe him as a Caucasian male, six foot tall, 200 pounds with brown hair and blue eyes. He had a pierced left ear, a tattoo of a blue cross on his left shoulder, and a tattoo on his forearm that read Pruitt, P-R-U-I-T-T. The last reported sighting of him was August 24, 2004, at his home in Waterbury, Connecticut. Billy Smolinski was 31 years old when he disappeared. This is True Crime Garage. At the time of his disappearance, Billy Smolinski lived in Waterbury, a working-class town located about a half hour from Hartford, Connecticut. Billy worked three jobs, and he loved wrenching on cars. Captain, there are several problems with Billy's disappearance, but the one of most concern is plain and simply this. Since Billy disappeared without a trace and foul play is suspected, No one can be 100% certain who was the last person to see him or to talk to him. Lots of people could have motivation to lie about their last contact with Billy. Some things have been verified by police, which we will indicate when we discuss them, but the general facts according to Billy's family, friends, and police reports are these. On Tuesday, August 24th, Billy purchased a meal at a Burger King restaurant in Waterbury, Connecticut. He ordered Burger King's signature hamburger, the Whopper. Mm -hmm. I'm getting hungry for lunch here. And he got a cheeseburger, medium fries, and a Coca-Cola. The receipt for this meal was time-stamped 2.59 p.m. According to police reports, at around 5 p.m. on August 24th, Billy knocked on the door of his neighbor. This is Roy Henley, and said the following, I'm heading up north, and I put that in air quotes there, up north, for three days to look at a car that I'm considering buying. Could you please look after Harley? Harley is Billy's beloved German shepherd. Billy told the neighbor where he had placed a key to the house so that Roy could get in and feed the dog and let the dog out. Now, according to Roy, He and Billy also briefly discussed Billy's very fresh breakup with his girlfriend. After this conversation with Roy, Billy returned home, and Roy never saw him after that. So let's stop here, Captain, and think about this story for a second. Billy was known to buy and fix up old cars, so this story makes some sense. Is there any animosity between him and his neighbor? Well, I think the thought here is... 
this this would be the reported last sighting of Billy that mm-hmm. we would know of, okay? And the thought here is there's foul, foul play suspected against Billy, and that's why we believe he's still missing to this day. Now, who was the perpetrator of that? We don't know. So, therefore, if Roy had been somebody to have done something to him, then he could have fabricated the story that, hey, he came over and asked me to watch the dog. Right, but there's is there evidence or not of animosity between the two? Okay, so I don't know I don't know how much animosity there would have been other than we have some reports of of two things. One, Billy it wouldn't be common for him to ask somebody to watch his dog for him. Mm-hmm. So that seems odd. And two, there are people that say Billy didn't really care for Roy. And that's about as much of a description as we have about the relationship between the two. Now, we all know, you know, you live next to people, you have friends, you have family. There are times that there are people that you like in the long run, but you may have a bad day with them from time to time. And maybe you just tell somebody, hey, don't really care for Roy. You know, maybe you just had a bad day with Roy and Roy's actually pretty fine and your relationship together is pretty fine overall. Well, sometimes with, especially with neighbors, you can have a a neighbor that's very friendly and a good neighbor and a good person. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they're always in a good mood. You're like, yeah, this guy's okay. <laughs> well, the other thing, though, too, that's tricky here is why would it take three days? He says, hey, can you watch my dog? And I need you to watch him for three days. Why does it take three days for him to just go simply check out a car that he's thinking of purchasing? Do we have any more reports of Billy telling anybody else that he's going to go check out a car? No, we do not. But I think the thing that's that's tough here is that he doesn't really give a great description of where he may be going. So maybe that is why it's going to take three days. Cause you know, simply saying I'm going up, no up North mm-hmm. is not a great description of where he is heading to find this car. I have a lot of buddies that buy cars and flip them and, or do some repairs on them and then sell them. And it's, you know, when you get a lead or a bite on something, you have to go immediately. So it could be something that, Billy found out about 20 minutes before he decided, hey, I'm going to go talk to my neighbor and see if he can watch the dog. So the next morning around 10 a.m., Roy went to Billy's house to let Harley out. But the key was not where Billy said he would have left it. So Roy was locked out of Billy's house. He couldn't get in to take care of the dog. So Roy went back to his home and called Mary Ellen Noble. And this is Billy's ex-girlfriend. Yes, and I'm guessing that Roy would have had her phone number in case of an emergency with the dog. Maybe it was left with him that night. I don't, or maybe he had it on file, let's say, because of the dog. And I think it'll become clear later while he might have had that number. So alarm bells immediately went off in Mary Ellen's mind. She called Billy's sister, Paula, who called her mother Jan. All of them, the three of them, are trying to contact Billy. None of them ever get a hold of him. The two decide to meet at Billy's house. So this is his sister and his mother. And when they arrive, they become more concerned. Yeah, they they become more concerned because his pickup truck, he has a white pickup truck, which you assume he'd be using to drive up north, is parked in his driveway. But it's also parked oddly because it's, really close to the street. Yeah. It's at the bottom of the driveway. So the two, the mother and sister are alarmed 
And according to them, Billy leaving Harley in the hands of the neighbor was completely out of character. So on top of that, he neglected to leave a key. Remember, he said he was going to leave a key. This was so the dog could be let out. And he he didn't do that. Right. But this does not rule out the fact that he is leaving in a hurry for some reason. And he just forgets to leave the key for the neighbor. Again, odd that the neighbor is watching the dog. But not that odd if you have to go immediately for some unknown reason. Right. According to the family, his dog was his best friend. And according to his ex-girlfriend, Mary Ellen, Billy didn't even like Roy. Now, we don't have a great description of what that means or a good understanding of what that means. We just have one person with the very simple statement of, I don't even think Billy liked Roy. Right. So Paula and Jan, they went to the police station at Waterbury to file a missing persons report. Police listened to their story, particularly the part about the neighbor saying that Billy had said he was leaving to go out of town for three days. And the two ladies were told, hey, you're going to have to wait 72 hours to file this report. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's aggravating after the fact because we sit here today knowing that he's still missing. But at the same time, like we kind of talked about in the trailer, this guy's 31 years old. If he says I'm going out of town for three days, I think the police are saying, look, you might just be having a hard time getting a hold of the guy. I understand that he did some things out of character, but he's allowed to leave to go out of town. Why don't we become concerned when he doesn't reappear after this trip? The troubling things though, the, you know, like we said, Roy's story being the only story we have is a little troubling. The dog thing is, is troubling in the, in the sense of this. Mary Ellen and and Billy had got that dog together. They got Harley together when they were in their long-term relationship. And so the way that this kind of worked is they jokingly said, "Hey, after they split up, they remained friends." And they said, "Hey, we got we got joint custody of our dog Harley." Mm-hmm. My understanding is that the dog primarily lived with Billy. But if he were to go out of town or need someone to take care of the dog, Mary Ellen was his go-to. Like that was the regular thing. She wanted the dog at her house. She wanted to help out with the dog, take care of the dog. And so everybody found it very strange that Billy would choose Roy, who we have the ex-girlfriend saying that he might not have really cared for Roy Mm -hmm. over this designated spot that the dog would often go to, to be taken care of regularly. Very strange. But again, to play devil's advocate, we have a situation where maybe Billy had to leave immediately and maybe he didn't want his ex to know where he was going. So we have uh, a situation where they're not going to take the police report for 72 hours. So his mother and sister are going to return to Billy's home to look for clues. They're kind of on their own. They're going to try to piece this together by themselves. This is when they found the Burger King receipt, which was located. They found it in a trash can time stamped 259 the day that he was last seen. Right. The house was neat and nothing appeared to have been disturbed. According to them, they called his friend. This man's name is Chris who lived in New Hampshire because he was the only friend that they could think of who lived quote up North where Billy had told Roy he was headed. Chris had not heard from Billy. 
The biggest part of this investigation to me, captain is Billy because always, you know, the possibility in these cases is Billy could be the reason that we can't find Billy. Mm -hmm. So none of his family has ever acknowledged the possibility that Billy would ever voluntarily disappear to start a new life or harm himself. I got a question because back to this truck. Mm-hmm. So this white truck, his pickup truck, that's his main vehicle or does he have, is that his main vehicle and he has multiple vehicles? I mean, if he's selling or fixing up cars, then one would assume that he has access to other vehicles. I believe he has two vehicles, one being the truck. And I think the other is either a motorcycle or a dirt bike. Okay. So here's the thing. I, and and it, God bless all the motorcyclists out there. Uh, God bless you. Actually, I hung out with a guy last weekend. Listen, this is craziness. Mm-hmm. This is borderline insanity. The guy drove on his motorcycle, rode his motorcycle mm-hmm. to and from Alaska from Ohio. Nice. That's one hell of a trip, but like that seems seems incredibly dangerous to me. Well, but it, what I, sorry, what I meant to be saying though is. Under this assumption with the, the motorcycle and the um, dirt bike possibility, I think that was located at his home in his garage. Okay, I was going to say, because one could assume you pull the truck out just enough where you can get the motorcycle around, and when you go to take off, you're just like, nah, I'm not going to pull my truck in. I'll be back in a couple of days. His, but if you find his motorcycle in it, at his house, then what did he take? His truck was his main source of transportation and believed to have been the vehicle he would have chosen for this three-day trip. Right, but hold on a second. If you have to go pick up a car, if you like the car and you don't want it towed, then maybe you could drive something. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe what he was going to go look at was a truck and he could throw the motorcycle in the back of the truck. Just, just throwing it out there. No, I get you, but uh, the that vehicle's not missing. Right, but what I'm saying is we have a guy that deals with vehicles. So I'm just wondering, all my buddies that sell vehicles, I could not tell you how many vehicles they have at, at a single time. They're, oh, I see what you mean. That there like, could have been some other vehicle. I mean, I'd pull up in my buddy's house that sells cars, and there's two new cars that week. Right. You know, or two motorcycles in the garage. Well, then. Or one time uh, they got back uh, from a trip from Indiana and they bought eight motorcycles. Who buys eight motorcycles? A possibility. But if this were the case, it would have to be an unregistered vehicle to him. Um, But regarding him harming himself or taking off, starting a new life. Like I said, his family, they do not seem to think that that's a possibility given what they know about their son and their brother. Um, The questionable thing here, though, is that he recently had some turmoil in his personal life. We know this because he was talking to Roy about how he had just recently broke up with a girlfriend. And this is not the girlfriend that was going to take care of the dog. Right. This is a different girlfriend. Okay, so Billy had personally relayed to his sister the following information in the day or two leading up to his disappearance. Billy was seeing a woman named Madeline Gleason. 
The two had been dating for about a year. They met when they both worked at a school bus. They were school bus drivers for a company called B&B Transportation. This is a huge busing company. Madeline was 16 years older than Billy. She had been married three times and had five children from these different relationships. She was a little rough around the edges, and I'm using other people's description of her. Billy's family was not a big fan of hers. They did not see what he saw in her. They much preferred Billy's ex of eight years, Mary Ellen, who we've discussed already. Um, Mary Ellen and Billy had broken up just before he started dating Madeline. And his parents said outright that they still had hope that Mary Ellen would one day be their daughter-in-law. Mary Ellen and Billy had adopted Harley together, as we said, as a puppy, and they considered that they had this joint custody of the dog. Mary Ellen would later say that him leaving the dog with anybody other than her would just flat out never happen. So Roy is just a flaming pile of dog shit. Well, I don't think we can say that for certain, but what we should point out is this. Okay, the information that he gave to his sister. Well, I'm just saying, she said he'd never leave the dog with anybody but her. Well, and he did. During the so co- Roy killed him. During the course of the relationship with Madeline, uh, Billy was committed to her and to her young son, who was about 14 at the time. There were reports that he had planned on having the two of them move in with him at some point. Paula and Jan told police that Billy had gone with Madeline to Florida the week before he had vanished, despite the fact that he hated to fly and never took vacations. Billy's parents said, despite his anxiety about flying and traveling in general, he was excited about this trip. He even came over to their home to borrow their luggage to use on this trip. Mm -hmm. And this trip was going to be to visit one of Madeline's older sons who was about Billy's age. This is her son, Tom. True to their Wait, agreement. Say what? The son is the same age as Billy. Yeah, she's 16 years older than mm. Billy. True to their agreement, Mary Ellen had Harley for the days that Billy was in Florida on this vacation. According to Mary Ellen, she spoke to Billy from Florida and said that he told her that he had noticed that His girlfriend was receiving phone calls on her cell phone and was hiding these calls from him. He became suspicious that Madeline was seeing somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mary Ellen told one story that Billy had caught her standing in the shower, pretending to shower, but secretly on the phone. Madeline was on the phone with another man. The way that Madeline told the story in court later, Billy had snatched the phone from her and went through the call log and the contacts on her phone. Look, I'm just going to put this out there. Been there, done that. Did the whole disappearing cell phone trick. Did the whole who's texting you bit. If you're at that point where you have to ask, just get up, walk away. Get up and walk away. Well, that's pretty much what happens because she admits that she is seeing somebody. She's seeing a married man. This is a businessman uh, from Connecticut. And Billy and her broke up uh, and returned to Connecticut this on Sunday, August 22nd. And they went their separate ways. Both Mary Ellen and Paula said that Billy took 
or I'm sorry, talked to both of them the day after he got back. Okay. He told them both he was through with his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. He said that uh, he told his boss, you know, mind you, he's working several jobs at durable towing that he was absolutely devastated by this whole thing. Like I said, there's every indication to believe that he was having her and her son move in with him relatively soon. They were going to take the relationship one to of the her next sons, level. Though, she, yeah. she had five children. Correct. So there's only one that's young enough to, to be in her in? care. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was 14 years old. Now we don't know if Jan or Paula called Madeline to ask if she had seen or heard from Billy If they did, they likely heard this story from her. This is what she had told police after Billy had disappeared. All all of this is recorded in the police report. She said Billy called her home on the night of Monday, August 23rd, but she had not picked up. Then at 4 or 5 a.m. on the morning of Tuesday, August 24th, the, the day that he vanished, Billy set a ladder next to her window at her home and attempted to climb in the window. She ended up letting him in through the, the door and they talked for about an hour. We, we don't really know what was said or where the two left things, but later she told police that Billy wanted to get back together and he still wanted the two of them to move in with him according to their plan, you know, stick with the plan. She told him she needed time to think about it. And he left, as she put it, he appeared to be depressed when he left. It's likely Mm -hmm. he left her home because of three phone calls made from his home later that day. These calls appeared on Billy's call records and were found in the course of a police warrant. They all were placed between 11.44 a.m. and 11.58 a.m. Now, the three calls that were made were all to the same number. And that was of Chris Swanson, who is a kind of a low-level politician. Uh, He was the businessman that was having the affair with Madeline. So he's a prominent businessman, too. He's pretty pretty well-to-do. Chris and Billy would likely have known each other as well because Chris was involved with a, he owned a trucking company. So it's thought that their paths would have crossed at some point just through their lines of work. Chris's father, Christopher, was a business partner with Billy's boss at at the bus company. So another link there. The Waterbury Observer calls Chris Swanson a, quote, an elected public official with power and influence. Now, the first two calls of those three calls, they were both hangups. But the third call... There was a message and a message was left. Once police began to consider Billy's disappearance, a serious case, they questioned Swanson about Billy and confiscated the answering machine tape. The message said, quote, Chris, you better watch your back at all times. Chris denied knowing who had made the calls. The message was left anonymously. So after these phone calls and then the conversation with the neighbor, which took place much later in the day. No one has admitted to ever seeing or hearing from Billy again. The evidence keeps pouring in. 
At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL Learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. 
Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, cheers. How are you doing tonight, Colonel? <laughs> cheers to you, Captain. After 72 hours had elapsed, Jan and Paula were finally able to file a missing persons report, and they did so close to midnight on August 27th. The authorities then searched Billy's home, and as stated, nothing seemed amiss. They searched his truck, but they did not check for fingerprints despite the family insisting that it was parked in an inconsistent manner. Police did test the house, garage, and truck for signs of blood, but found none. Bizarrely, according to the Waterbury Observer, several days after Billy vanished, Billy's truck was broken into in the middle of the night, and papers were strewn about the cab. It's unknown whether this is a coincidence. Uh, the theft is a theft is a problem in this area. Right. So it could have just been a coincidence as for the neighbor, Roy per his statement about Billy saying he was leaving was apparently believed by investigators and prevented them from considering foul play early in this investigation. The police interviewed Roy on August 31st, according to the report. And we have to hope that they have reason to believe that he is not in any way involved since they, you know, he's never been labeled a suspect or person of interest. One piece of information that the family has never revealed, but that was in a police report was that Billy had been fired that day from his job at Midland HVAC. How was he fired? Was he fired in person? Yes, he was fired in person. So he went to work. He gets fired. Then at some point he goes to his ex-girlfriend's house that she's seeing another man. She's seeing this Chris guy. He then comes back to his house between. No, no. He, he, so they sent someone to his home. The, the company sent somebody to his home to retrieve 
he drove a truck for them, an HVAC truck. Mm -hmm. It was a company's truck. And so they sent someone to his home on the morning of the 24th. And at that time they collected the truck and Billy was given a pink slip. And why was he fired? Well, we don't know the motivation behind this firing. Um, one news report attributed, attributed it to a slow season, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense for HVAC company in August or the, yeah, but I mean, it, it's very possible. Could I mean, be any trade, um, is going to have layoffs. So mm -hmm. I could see that being a possibility. The and so again, that the, the, the problem becomes if it's just a layoff, somebody like Billy that works in that field is going to go, this happens. Mm -hmm. But if it's not that, then this just adds fuel to the depression, the conflict he's having with his ex-girlfriend. Well, yeah. And, and that's what's going to be troubling for detectives and what's going to make it hard for them to have maybe a proper investigation early on because they hear about his recent breakup. They hear that he's been laid off or fired from Midland and they kind of, they didn't say it outwardly, but they're kind of implying to the family that suicide might have to be considered or that mm -hmm. Billy had taken off. Okay. Let's run this down really quick. So in the morning, somebody sends over somebody to his house to fire Billy. They take back their truck, their work truck. At some point he goes to his ex-girlfriend's house. He puts a ladder up to the window. He tries that, to, that happened the night before. Okay. That happened the night before. So the night before he goes and confesses his love. He wants to make it work. She says, I have to think about it. He wakes up in the morning. He's fired. Mm -hmm. At some point he makes calls to Chris just before noon, which is the guy, three calls, two hangups, one message, one message that could be considered a threatening message too. Right. And then, so that's between 11 44 and a 12 o'clock by noon. All three calls have happened. And at some point, then he goes to Burger King and that receipt is at two fifty nine. Correct. And then what time does he go talk to Roy around around five o'clock around five o'clock? And then what time does Roy say that he that's just the last he talked to Billy. He didn't actually see Billy leave his house. Yeah. And Roy didn't really let anybody know that anything could be wrong because he didn't realize anything was wrong until 10 a.m. the next morning when he goes to let the dog out and he can't get into the home. He can't find the key. So he calls the ex-girlfriend, Mary Ellen. So what now? Well, even though the police are kind of implying to Billy's family that suicide might be likely or that he may have taken off, the family isn't going to stop searching. They're going to ask the community and volunteers uh, to come forward. And over the three-day Labor Day weekend, 200 searchers starting at Billy's house fanned out through the greater Waterbury area looking for Billy or clues of what could have happened to him. Then as the result of a tip, volunteers scoured every inch of the Nagatuck, Nagatuck. Mm. Mm, close enough river from Watertown to uh, the Nagatuck area. They found homeless encampments uh, and dead deer, but they never found Billy. Now his sister Paula contacted a group called dogs, D a W G S disaster and wilderness ground searchers, Inc. Local law enforcement did work with the dogs group following along in case anything 
was found that a member of law enforcement would be present at that time. But 10 days after Billy disappeared, his sister went down to police headquarters and she said, quote, I was a little snappy about, she was concerned about the lack of attention the police were giving to Billy's investigation. Now at that time, after her going in there and kind of giving them the business, a new detective was oh, placed business. Yeah, a new detective was placed on the case and he went to Billy's house to have a look around within 15 minutes. The sergeant came back into the house with Billy's keys and Billy's wallet. Paula said he had found them tucked underneath the driver's seat in Billy's truck. The family took this discovery as a very, very bad sign. Billy could not have left of his own accord, they believe, without any money or a vehicle. So searches of Billy's bank accounts showed no activity after the August 24th purchase at the Burger King. In fact, one report says that he had just deposited his paycheck when he went missing. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the Burger King, in the three-day window... When they were told to wait to see if Billy turned up, Jan and Paula had gone to that Burger King to try to view the surveillance tapes to see if there was anyone with Billy or what his mood appeared to be. Right, and it also makes you just want a whopper. They were told that the tapes were erased after 24 hours and that they were too late, that they couldn't view anything. One interesting addition to the timeline was posted on an online chat forum, and this is by Billy's mother. She pointed out that Billy must have gone missing in the evening time. She said Harley could not have gone longer than 11 hours without making a mess in the house. And when Mary Ellen got to the home, this was around 10 a.m. on the morning of the 25th on the, on August. Mm -hmm. So, She's using that 10 o'clock marker as if we backtrack this, it's got to be less than 11 hours from that time frame. Yeah, I would agree with them on that. But here's what my gut is telling me, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, other than wanting Burger King, is we have a situation, mm -hmm. right? We have a Poly D situation where he tells his neighbor that he quote-unquote, doesn't even like, hey, Roy, can you watch my dog? I'm going somewhere for a few days. Mm -hmm. By the way, don't check on my dog until the morning, and I'm going to leave a key for you underneath the mat. Now, I know that Roy, me being Billy, I know that Roy has the number to probably family or my ex-ex-girlfriend that helps take care of the dog. Right. So when there is no key found then he's going to make a phone call. Hey, there's this dog. He left. That gives him a heads up to get wherever he's going. Mm -hmm. And then we have another situation where you have this truck, his primary vehicle, and the keys, his keys and his wallet are underneath the seat. Yeah. Almost like he's leaving it for you. Almost like he's leaving, hey, anything in my wallet? It's yours. You can have it. And like we said, he sells vehicles. He buys vehicles. Is it possible that he had an unregistered vehicle of some kind in his, in his garage? And that would be another reason why the truck would be pulled out a little bit so they could get the vehicle around. And he took off. 
And this was a way of taking off um, possibly to commit suicide and leaving everything in its place for people to find it. Okay, let's work backwards through that. We'll start with the truck and then we'll get to the dog. Here are my thoughts. The keys in the wallet are found in his truck 10 days after he went missing. Three days after he went missing, the truck is quote unquote broken into. So if the keys and wallet were in the truck at that time, those seem like items that somebody breaking into a truck would want to find. So Mm -hmm. either they didn't find them or those items weren't there when the truck was broken into. Yeah. But didn't you say that they were underneath the seat? Yeah. Right. Right. I don't know what would make me think that the thief would not check underneath the seat. I mean, I can't say for certain that they would, but I don't see why not. So what I'm going, I'm going there with that. Just keep that in mind. Just, just because the wallet and the keys are found in the truck, there are reasons why they may have been found there without Billy having left them there on purpose. Mm -hmm. Meaning one of two things, either somebody, either Billy was met with foul play and killed somewhere disposed of somewhere and they returned his truck to his home and stuffed the keys in the wallet underneath his seat or Billy left him there or did something happen happen to Billy and then later at some point somebody goes eh, me having this wallet and these keys is a really bad idea maybe I should figure out what to do with them oh I'll put them back in his truck let me break in right yeah. and then then you know I'll throw some I'll throw some trash all about the the truck and maybe police will just go, well, maybe we missed it. Maybe we just happened to miss that when we looked through the truck. Mm. I don't know that they really spent a good time looking through the truck at the first time that they showed up to the house. Okay. Um, so if they did and those, those items had been there the entire time, they mm. couldn't have, they could not have done a good job searching the truck. If those items were there the entire time, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's agree on that. At least we know that they did not do a very good search of his truck the first time. Mm -hmm. Now, regarding the dog, I believe the mom. And I know that other people are like, well, that seems weird that she would say 11 hours. No, 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 no. I I think that's so honest. I know with my own experience with my dogs, When I go somewhere, often if I go somewhere just for like a quick overnight trip, I do have somebody show up and let my dogs out in the late evening and then again early in the morning. Right. I have a bit of a time marker where I know, hey, uh, I don't want my dogs to be uncomfortable and it starts to get a little uncomfortable for them after a certain period of time. I actually think a couple of things are going on here. Let's say the story that Roy provides us, that the neighbor provides us, is in fact true. Yeah, and please believe him. Well, if again, and I understand that people are like, but he he doesn't like Roy, but he might like again. He might like Roy. He might said that offhanded. It could be a very nice neighbor. Billy either left in a hurry, or he left with the purpose of not coming back. That's why he left the dog. You know. That's why he talked to Roy. But that's kind of a conflicting statement there. And what I mean by this is is the following. So let's, for him to leave the dog with Roy would be out of character, right? Yeah. That from what everyone has said. So, but we have the situation where 
where the dog is not, he doesn't show, Roy doesn't show up to let the dog out until 10 a.m. What I would like to have a clear understanding of is, was that the time that he was instructed to show up? Mm-hmm. Hey, are you going to be home tomorrow? Sure. Could you come over around 9, 30, 10 a.m. and let the dog out? Because if that was a time that was instructed and this 11-hour marker of the dog making a mess in the house or being uncomfortable, right? well, then that would indicate to me that Billy didn't leave the home until 11 p.m. that night. Right, which is pretty late. It's six hours after he all of a sudden has to leave the house in a hurry to the point where he's got to leave the dog with his neighbor. You see what I mean? If if Billy knew that he was going to have a five, six-hour time window before he had to leave, he would have left the dog with his ex-girlfriend. It, it's it's all very strange. I would like to know Maybe, from Roy. I, right, but I think the problem with that is that if they have a pretty good relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe Billy's a pretty honest guy and he's not one that is good at, let's say, lying, right? Mm-hmm. And she starts asking him questions about where he's going, whether he's going to go after this Chris guy, whether he's going to go somewhere to hurt himself. Maybe he's just going somewhere to think, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe he's going to confront his ex-girlfriend he might not want this person that's been in his life for eight years or more to ask questions. You see what I'm saying? Like that's why he would leave the dog with Roy because Roy's not going to ask that many questions. And if he does, it's like, well, I'm just going up. I came up with the story. I'm looking for a car. I'm going to be gone three days. Do you mind helping me out? Yeah, good. I'll help you out. Right. No, and I agree with that. No questions asked. But if you ask, hey, can you take the dog? Your ex-girlfriend's going to go, yeah, where are you going? Right. I'm going to go up north and look at a car. But maybe that doesn't work with her. That's all I'm saying. No, and I agree. Billy would know that more than me or you would. I agree. And what I'm saying is if the, the story of him leaving the dog with Roy is in fact true, then that was purposeful by Billy. There was a reason for doing such. And it was either he was in a hurry or he was felt he needed to hide or conceal something from the ex-girlfriend. Right. Right. So before Billy dated Madeline, the one that he had all the problems with, you know, that they recently broke up the one with five kids, the one that was 16 years older, the one that was cheating on him with Chris. Right. He was involved in an eight year relationship with Mary Ellen Noble. Mm -hmm. They had known each other since high school. They said that their breakup was a mutual decision and that they remained close friends right up until the point Billy disappeared. The last time that Mary Ellen saw Billy or spoke with him, she said Billy was sad about the breakup, but he also seemed fine and that the two of them actually made plans to go to Six Flags to the amusement park the next weekend. And Mary Ellen quoted Billy as saying, the last words he said to me were, don't forget Saturday, don't forget, don't forget. You know, Billy would not have, this is what she points to as Billy would not have committed suicide, bringing up that he had something that he was looking forward to, according to her. Now, in a missing persons case, we really only have one side of the story of what the missing person was like. The family generally controls the narrative of what the person was like and what was going on in their life at the time, who they were close with, what their plans were, what they were, you know, into or, or likely or not likely to do. Right. Billy's family has been more involved than most 
in the investigation into his disappearance, they paint a fairly rosy picture of him. According to the Smolenskys, Billy was a really caring, giving guy who would drop everything to help someone in need. Uh, He had a tattoo on his arm that was the name of a friend who had passed away. Mm -hmm. And they said that Billy was a creature of habit. He loved his truck, his motorcycle, his dog, and his girlfriend. He was an avid snowmobiler and fisherman, and he drove a drove in demolition derbies sometimes on the weekends. Yeah, those are. I actually had a old student that did that. It was a lot of fun to go watch, and they would create. You had to create the vehicle mm-hmm. and then just go smash it up. Well, Billy was described by both family and friends as an incredibly hard worker who always showed up for work and took very little time off. Well, that's what makes me believe that he got laid off Mm -hmm. more than he got fired. And as far as any of them know, he did not do drugs and he only drank occasionally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but likely captain, we have to believe that there are other aspects to Billy's personality that, that we're not going to receive from the family. Well, first of all, if I ever go missing, please tell the public that he was a curmudgeon, (laughs) that he was a, nasty man and he was um he was very mean and and bitter towards the world please don't tell people that every time i walked into the room i i lit it up like roses and sunshine well according to media and some things that we can find online there are several articles about billy's case referring to him as a quote-unquote tough guy and this seems to be in the context of he wouldn't let anyone push him around or he wouldn't take any shit from anyone. Um, There are hints that he may have had a temper. There are several discussions online in which people claim to know for a fact that Billy was the type to get into barroom brawls. Another word that has been used to describe Billy is confrontational. Now, I only saw this a couple of times, but police reports indicate that Chris, the remember the secret lover, Mm -hmm. told police that he had never had any interaction or trouble with Billy, but then admitted after continued questioning that Billy had in fact broken the windows on a bus owned by Chris several months earlier. Madeline stated in court documents that she thinks Billy suspected something was going on between the two of them for quite some time before it was confirmed on the Florida trip. Well, let's okay. So let's be a little clear right now. Mm-hmm. This Chris guy is a cheater, mm-hmm. right? He's married, right? Right. Cheater, and he's a liar. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times he he gets three calls from the guy that goes missing? I don't know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. And then after more questioning, yeah, we had some run-ins with each other, so. I don't know if he's involved, but I know he's a liar. Yeah, but the thing here is with these broken windows, it may just simply be a situation where he thinks Billy is a likely culprit and doesn't really have anything to go off of. And, and, right, and it says, might not be hey, Billy, Billy at all. Billy broke these windows, and mm-hmm. Billy, in all fairness, may not have done that. Well, no shit, because two seconds earlier, you didn't have any confrontations with him. This is what I'm state. That's what I'm stating. It's hard to believe anything that this Chris guy says. Well, one thing to point out that Billy might have been confrontational, or at least to the point of him not taking any shit from anybody, would be the fact that take he, no shit. 
I would take a little shit, but we're not going to take no shit. Well, yeah, but the thing would be that he, we know he left the, the threatening voicemail on Chris's phone. Right. You know, we, we have this confirmed by his family saying, yes, that is his voice on that message. The local newspaper and Billy's family believe that having heard that message of you better watch your back at all times, that after that message, Billy possibly had set out to do something to Chris or to at least confront Chris and that something bad had happened in that process. Billy's father, Bill Sr., said, quote, Billy wasn't one to start anything, but if someone started something with him, he would finish it. This time, it looks like someone got the better of him. We have so much more to get to in the search for Billy Smolinski. Join us back here in the garage tomorrow. Until then, be good, be kind, and don't litter. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.